Hi, I'm Tom Bateman. I'm the chef and owner of The Flintlock at Cheddleton. And today we're going to talk about the impact of social media on the hospitality industry. New series, new name, new artwork, but I had to keep that cheesy music. Yes, a podcast with me, Paul Newbegin, has returned, but we have rebranded. We are now the Chef Social Podcast, and we are sponsored in partnership with Hospitality Rewards. Hospitality Rewards is the first and only employee benefit program for people that work in hospitality. The website and app gives members access to a range of features and benefits. And actually, we talk about it on each episode, but I think some of the benefits, I think maybe the benefit that um, particularly Kenny Atkinson, who uses it, um, he loved the most was the, the 24-7 support for mental health, mental and physical health, and financial health as well. Obviously, especially in these times, how useful is that? But also, you know, you can save on things like gym membership, discounted shopping vouchers, there's a cashback card, cinema tickets for those rare days off, and trade discounts from the likes of Oliver Harvey, Shoes for Cruise, and KitchenAids, and of course, the perks, and we talk about the perks in the episodes, but there are exclusive perks and industry discounts at venues across the UK, and the reason why we wanted to partner is really to start to give back, and give back as a thank you to all the guests, so we will be inviting everyone that's a guest to um, come on and join the app as well for free as a little thank you but uh, they won't know that ahead of the ahead of the call so it'd be a nice little surprise for them hopefully enjoy today's episode So you will be the last uh, episode to be released as a part of this series. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for rounding up um, a really good lineup. I've really enjoyed uh, enjoyed having all the guests on this year. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Uh, and like you just said, we're going to talk about uh, social media. And that's kind of how I found you because, uh, you know, your, your social media, as we just said before we recorded today, you reached 300,000 followers yeah, on, Instagram, on Instagram, right? Um, before we get to that and, and how you, you know, how you run it, I want to hear, I want to learn about you. I want to learn about your career and I want to learn about the restaurant. Um, so tell me about you. Yeah. So we, it's quite a convoluted back to front tale really of how we, we end up where we are now. So essentially I left sixth form college and started in the restaurant where I am now as a chef but it was a very very different place a different proposition it was a Latin American restaurant randomly serving fajitas and 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 such and I worked in that kitchen and I was I was 17 when I started I was made head chef and I was 18 which is bonkers um but it it taught me a lot of the things that I didn't like about the industry, I guess, it. I don't regret it, but it was just like a period of time that was particularly difficult for me mentally as well. So I think ultimately that was the downfall of it. I decided that it was time to move away from hospitality, go and do something something else, learn about the world, um, learn about myself as well, because, you know, 
that age, you don't know a great deal. I don't know much now, but like <laughs> definitely didn't know much <laughs> then. Um, and yeah, and it wasn't the kind of food I wanted to make and, and all those things wrapped up into one. It was just like, it was time to move away. So I went and had a short break of just, just under 11 years um, doing something completely different, um, working in a commercial environment in an agricultural business. So not completely removed from food, but pretty far away from being a chef. Um, and it was it was great. It, it taught me a lot. I got to travel as well with work, which was fantastic. But then it, the, the hospitality itch started. <laughs> I was like, I think I need to do something. And to be honest, you're, you're a glutton for punishment. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just I decided to um, start posting pictures of, of food I was making, just uh, something to do. If, if nothing else, because I was staying away from home because I was commuting sort of three hours from Yorkshire back to, to Cheddleton, which is where the business is based. And on an evening, I didn't have much to do. So I was just like, well, I'll make food and I'll take photos of it. And then getting into that rhythm of making new dishes and, and sort of trying to make them better so they gain more traction and, and it sort of gathered a bit of momentum. And then it went that went well. And then all of a sudden... The, the restaurant that I started in became available and so the family and I sat down and we said you know what what do we think do we do we do we leap at this and and we did um in the worst possible time to start our, and it's never easy to start anywhere right but to start your first solo venture 10 days before the first lockdown was when I got the keys um with very very limited experience but we just i just believed in it so we that that's basically what we did and then we opened in september what would it be 20 september 20 for seven weeks then got shut down again um like everybody else then reopened the following april um or may i can't remember which and then so that was that was the first time you'd you'd opened this was just before yeah lockdown. yeah yeah so, wow so yeah i, I didn't realize yeah that. yeah so that's the first time i worked in a, a professional kitchen since i was 23 and you can't you could really argue that that time previously wasn't really you know we weren't making stocks or sauces or you know it was bought in a lot of it so it was really no experience brand new restaurant first venture just like oh let's see what happens and um yeah so two no way. yeah two nearly three years i guess now here we are so um and, that, and that's mad that again it kind of it, it kind of started because of you just posting yeah posting your food that you were cooking and so, so do you, does that you count yourself then as what self-taught you've just learned everything that way yeah I, I think so really I mean I went to I went to culinary college when I was a teenager but like you know I wasn't that focused if I was very very honest <laughs> it's sort of not I wouldn't say a natural gift is way too strong but a natural ability to pick things apart I've always said that I'm, I'm a very very successful mimic so I can sort of <laughs> recreate things once I've seen it and that sort of got me through that quite comfortably and, and I learned the sort of grounded basics all the sort of classic things but I've never worked I've never worked in another kitchen for anybody else so yeah yeah that's that's crazy so when you when you're obviously then starting to to think about opening it what was like you know what were your ideas what was you know what 
what was you what kind of hoping or to 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 achieve for the in the restaurant? I think first and foremost, like you, you learn from mistakes, right? So we made a lot of mistakes in the first seven weeks, and we learned an awful lot. So I was trying to please too many people, and 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 that break actually gave us a a reference point of this is not what we set out to do from the start, which was. We didn't actually quote quote Paul Foster on this. We we didn't open a place because people needed somewhere to eat. We opened somewhere to make something special, something memorable, and that was always the ambition. I've said it since the start. If it's good enough, people will come, regardless of what you charge. We don't charge a lot, to be honest, for what you get. But um, the whole idea was do something completely new, completely different, and and impress our style on 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 the area and and further afield so that's that's what we've done and we've stuck with it and um, it seems to be going pretty well so how do you how do you come up with your style then if you're like you say you're largely self-taught is it <laughs> is it just things that you're interested in I mean I get I get the impression you do a lot of kind of maybe reading or research then mm, I think there's there's always that I think if you if you think if you stop trying to learn then you're never going to move forward right I think it's so important and I am a massive geek and like I don't always sound like that kind of thing <laughs> but I but I am like I'm so interested in stuff whether it's because I think you can take things small things from everything even if it's something you don't particularly like you just see something and you think oh I'll, I'll try doing that with what I'm going to do and pulling things apart listening to people talking to people I think where I felt a huge benefit is because I've gained an audience, it almost gives you more access to people because they'll they'll listen, they'll talk to you because you've got a big audience, which is weird, but it is a thing. Um, So I've gained access to people's brains and they're always so, so generous in the information they give advice. You know, I can, I could list you 20 starred chefs who've, who I've taken direct advice from because they're willing to give me that time of day, which is amazing. And sort of a credit to the industry, really, for a relative newcomer who, who could be perceived as someone who just makes videos. Um, it's it's amazing to get that kind of knowledge and, and info and advice. And it's certainly been a big part of what we do and helped craft that style, that idea that if you believe in what you're doing and, and you can do it, and like if you believe that what you're doing is right and you know it's of a standard then then you you get in there what about what about like you know this is what i'm thinking like the logistics of actually running a restaurant day to day you know not necessarily just the cooking side mm. like you will have had to learn all of that as well then yeah absolutely from the moment i walked in and we completely re we completely renovated the restaurant from from ground up with new floors new walls we built seating we did everything um and that was largely through lockdown and and through youtube tutorials and me sleeping on the floor and all that and then you get to the point where you're open and then you have to to learn as you go on how things work and, and i think it for, <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a theme again of social media you, yeah. you're teaching yourself off youtube yeah, yeah it's all bad. honestly this isn't yeah this is incredible <laughs> seriously but yeah so that's that was it and and again advice from others sort of listen to what people have got to say and 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 don't be naive to that if they if they're not there to 
to do anything other than help you. It's, it's to listen to what they've got to say, and I have and I've learned. Obviously, we learn every day, but it's we we have an amazing support network. Um, Mum is the general manager again, someone who's never worked in this industry until now. So we've been working, um, uh, working it out as we go. But then the <laughs> the, the, fellow, the support team thereafter. It's it, we just build on that through other experience and it's just as as long as you're happy with it, it can't be too far wrong, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's a, every day is a learn for sure. <laughs> well, you know, bearing in mind the first episode of this series was with Kenny Atkinson talking about mm. opening the, the his his restaurants and opening Soul System and, and what he's done. I'm curious now from your point of view, like, you know, whenever I see chefs trying to open up a, a new place, I'll always try and share it, always try and post it around. Yeah. What, um, what, what are your sort of biggest learnings as someone who's come, like say relatively from, you know, teaching yourself, to, what, what would be your sort of biggest learnings of opening your restaurant and, you know, what things have you taken? Uh, I think you have to thicken your skin quite quickly <laughs> because you're subject to uh, immediate review from absolutely everybody comes through the door, which is what it's all about, right? You know, you, you'd happily take the praise. You can't moan about not getting praised. So I think that in the early days when things aren't quite 100% right and we were getting, we, we're lucky that we've got good reviews, but the, there was the odd bad one in the start and it used to really, really get me down. And then, you know, you just got to be able to accept that what you do isn't for everybody if they've got a genuine issue then you it's up to you to correct it to restore their faith and and you learn from it and move on and that's that i think that was a big big thing for me getting over the idea that not everyone will think it's amazing um even if you do so i think that was that was one of the first and sharpest lessons i learned um also that rest is important <laughs> i think understanding your own limits um is is good because as a tired burnt out boss is not gonna inspire the people working underneath them i think you've got to look after yourself look after your team and then the stronger happier and healthier everybody is the better the output will be ultimately and i think that was also a big one for me personally i think uh, to teach myself that that it is important to have a rest physically mentally and emotionally um away physically away from work i was i was here seven days for i can't remember like it was months months and months i was here seven days a week and it's just not healthy and um i think since i've started to take those little breaks here and there it's 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 led to a better outcome so i think yeah definitely that for sure what I'm, what I'm interested in, like coming on to your your topic of social media, mm-hmm. is it to me there that social media that we all love. It's a gift and a curse, isn't it? Uh-huh. And you're just talking about feedback and getting that. Sometimes social media can be quite a toxic space. How how do you how do you walk that line? How do you how do you kind of feel with that? It's, yeah, difficult at times because the. It, it's it's hard to not take personally. I mean, I heard Marcus Waring talk about this a while ago, you know, gaining advice from someone who is nowhere near your experience and knowledge is difficult to take in any scenario, but especially in a forum where it's completely free reign. You can say whatever you want to whoever you want within reason, 
and not within reason sometimes you know it's hard to get things sort of taken down at times but unfortunately you can delete comments which is quite a nice hobby of mine just when i feel like i need to clear the decks of it. Um, but yeah i mean it's it's it people are out to to get it seems for every a thousand nice comments you get there's always a few and it ranges from people saying that i've got no eyebrows <laughs> randomly i don't know I, I mean i'm aware of that i possess a mirror i know i have no eyebrows i have a very difficult time showing any immediate surprise because of it <laughs> but i don't need to know that but I, can i be honest yeah. like so you're on the video in front of me yeah. you know it's not something i'd picked up on yeah. and I, I'd, i've looked a lot of your videos but it's funny isn't it because that's the thing with social media you'll put a video about food yeah and actually, the thing that people will take is the background or yeah. a dish or yeah. your eyebrows. It's, it's so weird. There's there's varying degrees of like commenter. There's there's the group I call the so basically. So they will they will comment on whatever you make and say so basically something in the ballpark of whatever it is you've made to try and belittle you. It's weird. It's a weird phenomenon. But like, you know, you make a, a, a pasta dish that's got egg in someone will categorically point out that it's so basically it's like a carbonara. Well, well, no, it's just got egg in. But why do you feel the need to put that? I don't know. Yeah. It's a strange scenario. To be honest, I'm getting to the point now where I used to engage with every single comment, whereas now I've, you know, if, if someone says something nice, I'll, I'll like it. If someone says something particularly nice, I'll respond. If someone has a question, I generally respond. Anything negative just gets ignored or deleted. It, it just yeah. has to be that way. But it, like you say, it is hard because, you know, especially when you sort of credit your your rise to social media and posting things, it's like I always say, like, I'm not forcing you to follow me. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's asking you mm-hmm. to follow me. Just don't don't follow me it's fine if you don't if you don't like what i'm putting out just just don't look at it it's not not a problem someone i'd made something the other day with a load of butter in because butter's delicious someone's like oh there's too much butter in well don't make it then (laughs) (laughs) you're not obliged just because you've watched the video doesn't mean that you immediately inhale 80 grams of butter like that's just (laughs) yeah it's up to you but yeah it's it's yeah it's a funny funny old world but as you quite rightly point out, you know the success of this place is built on it. It kept it kept people in jobs through lockdown. Undeniably, every every single penny that I've been fortunate enough to make through social media, brand deals, whatever, has come directly into the into the restaurant to keep us alive because it has to because that's the way of the world. And yeah, so it's very difficult to to not accept how powerful and mm. positive it is as an influence for me and this restaurant so yeah what what have you learned from doing it then do you you said earlier a geek do you get into the point where you're starting to know what sort of posts your your audience respond to better do you start you know or is it literally just you know if you want to make the content you'll do it like how do you how do you approach that uh, there's there's a balance for sure and i think everyone's guilty of seeing something that's popular and trying to potentially recreate it i think that's but that is something i would advise people against because ultimately you won't stand out you you may gain a load of views likes comments whatever you want out of it but 
it won't make you stand out if you just make another version of the same video. So I think there's there's ways of means of making your content better, but ultimately that's what it's about. If you want to be successful on social media, then you need good content. It's as it's as simple as that, and to give information because that's what people want. You know, it's it's a it's a fascinating forum. Like TikTok is wild country. It really is. The comments that you get in that space are frightening at times, but. If, if you want to learn how to do something, whether it's wallpaper and wall or make a Bernays sauce, if you search it on TikTok, almost definitely there'll be a video. Whether it's right or wrong, it'll give you some kind of indication. So it's become such a valuable information source. So if you're not providing information, then your content won't do that well, is my view. So that's that's important. But yeah, so good quality content and the right information and if you can be entertaining as well i struggle with that because like i'm just naturally like dull (laughs) (laughs) that's not true that's not true i think but to be honest i think that does actually do me does do me well because it's more it's more normalized you know i don't talk in a big silly voice or you know like catchphrases or whatever it's just it's just i just like talk and talk in a normal voice like we are now. And I think people like that. It seems more relatable as, yeah. as what I'm told. So, you know, I'm not my own judge, but that's what I'm told. So continue to well, do it. From what I've observed as well, like the content you put, it kind of goes above and beyond even things that you might be cooking in the restaurant. It's just, it, you know, at the minute, I think you're following like a lot on sauces uh-huh. and all about the sauce. Uh-huh. And so how, like, how do you come up with these or these different ideas? Are you just constantly thinking of, of things to create? Or Yeah, I, th- I think so. It's it's a case of what people will, will want, I think. If this is why I've never really done anything high end, it, it tends almost always recipes for people to make at home. Because if I posted flintlock recipes, people would be there for hours on end. They'd be like, "What? What's the point of this?" And it's you just I want to make food for the every person on social media, so they can potentially recreate it. It's that's what it's all about. And if you, you know things like. I did a video the other week and I used some caviar that we had left from restaurants. Got absolutely nowhere because people don't have caviar and wouldn't potentially buy it just to make a random breakfast that I had on my birthday. So I can see you it, immediately, you can recognize that it's not relatable, it's not normal. And it doesn't matter if you're the best chef in the world, if you make food that people can't recreate easily at home it's not going to do anything other than entertain. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree. Um, what about, you know, so there'll be a lot of people, you know, like I said earlier on that opening journey and have to go through that growth period. Yeah. Right. And and I imagine you'll have done the same thing, right. Uh-huh. When you started it to, to post for yourself. Um, what, you know, again, what would be your biggest learnings there? I think you've got to you've got to constantly evolve. You've got to be ready to to change. Like we've gone through since since I've been doing social media for anything other than trying to portray having a great life, is um, that we've gone through various changes. So Instagram was predominantly picture based for forever, and then all of a sudden the arrival of TikTok drove video content, which is 
much more interesting than pictures. Although pictures are great, you would just naturally get more engagement from a video. Um, so then the reels came around for, for Instagram and then I don't actually do YouTube but because I don't have anyone to film it for me because I do it all myself. But the longer format, obviously, YouTube, then they've gone to a short format um, video called Shorts, which I've just started to do, but it's just the same content. Um, so you see these evolvements and you have to move with that. If, if, if Instagram is leaning towards videos and you're not making videos, you won't be that successful. It's, that's, that's how I see it. It seems fairly simple. Whether you like it or not, you've got to go with what is popular. Um, so yeah, I think seeing those evolvements, being able to move with with the times and keep yourself fresh and interesting. If you, you know, there there is an idea that if you recreate the same kind of thing, people will keep coming back. But for me, then you just get pigeonholed into one place. The, the beauty of something like sources, for example, what I'm doing now is that, yes, they're all sources or, you know, dips or whatever, but there's such a vast array of those things and it just demonstrates all different types of techniques and ingredients. And I think it just, it stays fresh, even though it's the same subject matter. And generally speaking, a source requires a dish. So, yeah, I think, yeah, that's it's worked out quite nicely. And long may it continue, it seems to have gone well. And what I'm wondering is, because we've already said, like, you know, some of your learning happens from social media. I'm wondering if some of the dishes you do are things that you've learned from other social medias and then taken away, made it to your version and then reposted. So it's kind of like a cycle. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's the sort of techniques and things that you've pulled out of stuff, um, that I've seen, especially what's, what's nice is if you can translate a sort of higher skill or technique element from a dish and bring it into something people can make at home. Hash browns, great example. If you just grate up a potato and fry it, it's not going to be as good as if you slow cook it in some kind of fat and then rebind it with cornflour, set it and fry it. It's just that kind of thing. It's just those sort of shifts of technique. And then the stuff doesn't appear in the restaurant very often, but it's quite nice to to migrate it back potentially into social media at some point. So if something, because we're tasting menus, so we we change every month, but if someone is particularly, a dish or a sauce or whatever gets a lot of praise in that particular month, then I can then consider migrating that into a social media form that is easily recreated at home, even if it's not exactly the same, just it then brings the two things a bit closer together. What I like about yours is, and you've already alluded to it, you know, we get a sense of you as a as a person as well. And sometimes that that can probably be, you know, quite almost vulnerable in that way because mm-hmm. you, you are, you're putting yourself out there. Do you, do you think that's important? Because, you know, again, sometimes it, it feels like it's coming from you rather than almost coming from a restaurant yeah, you, know, yeah. you make it more personal do you feel like that's quite important yeah definitely i think the two things are very sort of clearly separate even though they both involve me so you've got you've got the restaurant food which we 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 aim incredibly high and we would never sort of want to admit mistakes <laughs> and all we want to do is be the best we can be whereas me as a person delivering social media recipes I'm quite happy to say that like, you know, things are not hundred percent right all the time. And like it's, you're making things at home. So 
don't worry about it too much. And I think the idea of, you know, we make food here to be judged by the, the higher echelons of what is deemed to be the governing bodies of great food. Whereas the videos are all about what your friends, family, partner, your mates, yourself think of it. And if that that's mm. the judge, then and they're happy and you're happy, then you're winning all things around. It doesn't have to look like it's got 50 billion elements and and um, it's super sharp and all that. That's a restaurant. That's what you go out for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you want to make food at home, then follow a video like this. Yeah. Do you have do you have a, so what we I like to talk about is the is some of the dishes right so do you have any examples off the top of your head of some dishes that, that you've done or featured on your social media that you're really proud of or have gotten like really good interaction that you could uh, that you could talk us through I think it's always nice when you sort of come up with a I don't know whether any idea is truly unique but an idea that you think is your own even if it's not entirely, and that does really well. There's been a few things that I've done where we've used, or we say we, we've used the residual butter from a steak pan and then and then used that to do something else. So I did like a reset the butter before, so we made a steak in a sort of a normal way, um, basted it as you would, and then basically chilled that butter down, served it with the steak, like a steak buttered steak, which was which was really nice. That did very well. Um, and then the same sort of idea that we made a Bernays with that steak butter from the pan as well. That was those two I thought were quite sort of I don't even want to say unique, but <laughs> quite individual ideas and they did very well and I was really pleased yeah, about yeah. it. So um I think even Paul Ainsworth liked one of them, which was which was really? quite a moment. Yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> how how can you? So how like you've again something you've already alluded to, but how can you benefit from it in for the restaurant? Like how do you use that big platform that you've got and then turn it into success for your business? I think it it's brought so many people in through the door. It did to start with and it continues to do so, which is which is the best result I can hope for. Like we I talked about, you know, keeping money in and keeping the restaurant alive at the start, which was which was very much the case, but now I don't really tend to go down that path because I wouldn't advertise anything I wouldn't use, so that limits the options very much and and now it's more a case of driving exposure and showing the restaurant in a in a in a light because if you follow me you'll see the flintlock like it's 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 it'll happen because i tag it all the time because we wouldn't but yeah yeah, um, yeah and then it, we have people come from all over we've had people from canada new zealand we've had people from all corners of this wonderful set of islands and it's <laughs> it's it's humbling and amazing but also shows the power of it because without it we'd we'd just be another restaurant that opens without much we've we've got a couple of rosettes which was nice it's it's a good start as how we see it but like failing we can't afford a great load of advertising it's as simple as that so i am our advertising so yeah yeah that's where it really does work and does help the business for sure and like I say, and, and we've spoken about it, and that can, that can, I'm sure, 
be a burden. So back to that tightrope that I the tightrope that I opened it up with. Where where do you feel like it's sat? Are you you know, are you leaning towards the it's been a help and you just have to deal with those things or you know, where where do you sit? Yeah, I think um it's it will continue to, to be a help. It's it's a big strain on me personally because it's like having another job. <laughs> so um but I, I actually enjoy doing it and I do a lot less than I used to. I used to I'm now quite economical with my time because as well as social media I have a restaurant to run, a kitchen to run, a wife, a child. Um, it's people trying to get your time to come on podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. recording yeah. podcast and, and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so that that balance is, is much healthier than it used to be. I used to be fairly obsessed with it, whereas now I'll just, you know, do something when I've got time and, and fit it into into the into the workload because the restaurant is number one priority outside of family all the time. So if I haven't got time I won't do it. So it's just committing the right kind of energy and using it as positively as as, as possible, really. I'm really interested in your thoughts on on the next kind of topic, if you mm-hmm. like, which I've been asking all, all of the guests, which is uh, about the industry and and the challenges that you know we're facing. There's there's a lot going on at the minute with the price it, mm-hmm. the price of things, with the with the staffing. Um, yeah. You know what what's been your experience of of that kind of side, particularly like I say with someone who's being self taught and still a relatively new restaurant. Yeah. Now, what's been your experience? I mean, it's tricky. It's it's really really difficult for every everyone and in, in every scenario. So I think you know people tend to to dwell on that for us because we're new. But it's uh, it's no no more challenging for us than it is for everybody else. So I think that we're all. What I do get a sense of is that the the industry is in it together, which is a nice feeling because you can sort of lean on people for advice and 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 sort of if you've got a bit of a problem you can always ask for help which we we give and receive and i think that that's really good but i mean in terms of exponential cost increases trouble with staffing it's been a real real headache from start to finish i mean eventually we may see some smooth sailing potentially but all we've ever known is 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 difficult um difficult waters to try and navigate since we started in covid we've continued into you know problems with with costs staffing it's just it, it is fairly relentless but we 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 are determined and we will not give up so like we'll make it work and we're fortunate in some respects that we have a, a pretty good base particularly kitchen wise so and now i'm part of that so if I if I need to drop in to any role, I'm quite happy to do it. Um, you know, I've even threatened threatened the washing up a couple of times, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's you know with, we have that kind of mentality, and it's always been like that since the start. So that helps us, even though it doesn't get any easier. So we 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 just keep trying to knock down whatever's put in front of us, and we. That's yeah. that's all we can do, and will continue to do until things improve. What what with the staffing in particular, is there any things that you found that you've used that help? Uh, you know, any support on on ways of working or things like that? Yeah, we try and look at 
things all the time, as I was alluding to earlier, happy, healthy teams and better teams and, and like invariably in hospitality, the hours are long and hard and we're looking to at different ways of trying to, trying to tackle that, you know, ex- extend the team, redu- reduce days in the working week. Ideally, we'd, 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 we're currently open five days. We're trying to find a way of reducing that to four without having too big a financial impact on, on the business and just keeping people to the point where they, they're well-rested, I think is, is super important. They get there's there's more value than just salary, right? So like it's, it's it, we want to be the best place to work and the best restaurant we can be. So that's that in that order. So um, yeah, we it's a strong focus for us, and we we continue to look at it and look at ways and obviously talk to the team if they have concerns or an idea of how we can we can help them. Then we'll always listen. That's yeah, really, really important. What about the mental health side of things? You know how how big that is, and again, I'm thinking back about your topic and thinking mm-hmm. again about, like we said, when you expose yourself to these things, when you expose yourself even more to negative comments and negative people mm-hmm. and trolls. You know what? How 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 important is that? And again, anything that you found that's worked really well in in uh, in helping that. I think it it has to be at the forefront of everyone's thinking, and it's it's very topical for me having been in that position myself. Um, it's to to understand people's potential problems and inward issues is as important as trying to navigate what they say outwardly. I think and making sure we're on top of people talking to people all the time about how they feel about how things are going, how things they feel about how they are and what the exterior influences on their work as well. We, we try and communicate all the time, even, even like we don't, <clears throat> obviously when we're not working, it's up to, it's up to whoever that is to spend their time however they wish. But I'm always available. That's 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 important for me. That if if someone needs support, if doing anything, then I want to be ready and available for them because they I get that in return all week. So I think that's that's important. We we try and get get all the team together on a regular basis and then you get people in a more relaxed scenario. We did we had a pizza party last Sunday, for example get them in a more relaxed environment <laughs> feel more comfortable and potentially open up about whatever it is that's on the mind and and then we can we can help them so yeah we, we tempt them in with pizza to get, <laughs> to get them to talk about how they feel if, if, if in doubt pizza yeah, yeah, is yeah. the winner so yeah like i say you know one of the, um one of the reasons we're coming back is I really wanted to give back. The industry's given me a lot. I'm not from the industry mm-hmm. like like we know. Um, and I've teamed up with a company called Hospitality Rewards. Mm-hmm. And essentially what they do is they have an app that has different perks and rewards for people within the hospitality mm-hmm. industry, ranging from, you know, benefits at different providers, cinemas, other restaurants, cashback cards, uh, access to free 24-7 mental health yeah. uh, support and financial health support. And um, as a bit of a thank you for coming on, um, afterwards I'll send you an email and you'll get access uh, to the app oh, cool. for, a, for, a, for a period of time to use and get some perks. And that's just a little thank you, yeah, for, thank you. for taking part. 
So um, it's, you know, like I say, it's just a nice thing to do. And I'm sure it's the same for you. You know, like you've already said, you know, you've learned a lot from people within in yeah. hospitality. And I think it's a great way of just, you know, we all know that everyone in hospitality looks after each other. And I think what we're trying to do is really formalize that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds like a, a really great platform. We, we actually implement it for the team here already which is nice, but uh, I look forward to seeing what the app's got to got to do. It looks, it sounds like an ideal sort of thing. Excellent. Oh, I'm really pleased. Brilliant. So tell me then, um, you know, you're still relatively new in your journey and you're still learning, like you say, what, what would you hope for the future of the restaurant? Um, what, what, you know, what's your grand plans? I'm sure you're someone that's fought ahead. We, we talk about accolades all the time. That's sort of the nature of a restaurant like this, I guess, but we, my concern is not particularly reaching those those accolades, you know, a star or three rosettes, which is sort of where we where we're aiming. It's more important is to reach that standard and do it consistently. Um, if someone wants to to then reward us, then all the better. And what an amazing thing that would be for for the team and and for the work we've put in but what's more important is that we reach those standards and continue to <clears throat> excuse me keep those up and and really nail down what we wanted to achieve when we first started and keep that momentum going and, and just keep building on it and hopefully provide a really great place for people to work and a great place for people to eat for a long number of years what do, what do you see as like the sort of biggest challenges, if you like, you know, that that we've already spoken to a few, but what do you think the biggest challenges are in, in the industry at the minute? I think costs, you can't get away from the costs, whether that's utility, your ingredient, or, you know, rising staff cost is almost, almost not a benefit, but like a plus, because you being able to give people a better income, a more secure position, like a, a feeling of, you know, a justification of what they do because you can give them a better salary. I think that is positive, albeit it costs me more money. I think it's a good thing. But the, trying to deal with utilities is, is absolutely mind-boggling from where we were even six months ago to where we are now and 12 months ago. And it's just invariably you have to pass that on to a guest and and i think all you know it's everywhere you can't escape it it's in every news feature article whatever so people know about it it's just they it's still difficult to accept that a restaurant puts its price up because everyone wants everything cheaper and that's just the way of the world so i think that that's difficult especially when you're new we we even though we've been around for for a couple of years, I wouldn't say we're sort of rock solid, you know, established. We, we, we're good and we, we're very happy with what we do, but we've still got a long way to go. So putting those prices up to reflect what it costs us is mm. difficult. Um, we always want to be yeah, fair yeah, with yeah. the guest, but we have to be fair with ourselves as well. And so that's a big challenge. Um, but switching to tasting menu, I think, has helped with that because it offers such great value for what you get. And I think value is the key, key word in, in a cost of anything. You know, it could, it could be 
a thousand pound, but if it's worth it, then you're getting good value. So that's what we focus on. And I think what we do offer above all is great value to a guest. So, um, so yeah, that does help, but it's not easy. <laughs> so I've got two questions left for you, right? First thing I want to know, you, like you say, you took a big step away from, from hospitality for a while and you stepped back in, you had an itch. Mm-hmm. Are you are you happy that you decided <laughs> to do that? <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the the answer I give today can, is potentially different to any other, any other day because there's always a new challenge. I mean, like I have a, sort of a philo- inward philosophy that I'm about to make out with that there'll always be one more disaster. So if you keep that mindset, you can you're always ready and flexible <laughs> to deal with the next disaster, but. Um, I, d- I don't regret a second of it. It has been so, so, so difficult and challenging and and knackering and, yeah, um, heartbreaking at times, but I wouldn't change it for the world. And I don't think any of us involved would. Um, my wife would probably like to see me a bit more regularly. But, uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah I'd, I'd do it all again. Um <laughs> I <Good>. think. <laughs> La- last one for you. Then we've talked. We've spoken about social media. I just wondered if you had anything, or any new series, or any ideas coming up that you could tease us with that we can look forward to appearing on your on your I channel. Think where where we are as it stands, we're on thirty six of fifty sources. So that'll be completed. I don't. I don't like to start things and not finish them so that that'll finish itself as a, a catalogue of, of work um and hopefully a publisher will come along and throw some money at me um yeah but um in terms of what we'll do after that the weather's starting to get better so we might look at some fire stuff i know there's quite a lot of barbecue fanatics who who follow me um so that'd be nice and that I'm one of those people. There'll always be regular pizza content because I adore pizza and and, and I love my um, gas in the ovens. That's that's not a plug. I just love them. <laughs> um, so yeah, so maybe some outdoory stuff will be coming up when with with spring on its way and um, yeah and yeah, I, I look forward to doing that. I think that's where we'll go next. Well, yeah, we've got a podcast, this series actually about cooking over fire. So you'll have to listen to that. It should be out before you, uh, before you get to there. So you'll have to listen to that one as well. And that might inspire your barbecue feeds. Um, Listen, thank you. Thank you so much for taking part. Thank you for rounding off this series. Really enjoy talking about social media and how you've used Mm it. Um, congratulations again on 300,000 I'm sure it's probably more in the time that we've we've been talking I'm <laughs> yeah. sure it's gone up um, and I look forward to following your your content thank you oh, so thanks much for having me it's been great really appreciate it cheers thanks buddy And so we have an end of another episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you to our guest for joining us. And of course, thanks to our partners. Businesses such as Le Manoir, Farncombe Estate, Beaverbrook, 
Brooks, Rockcliffe Hall and Swinton Park are utilising hospitality reward to aid their recruitment and retention goals. You can request a demo today by going to www.hospitalityrewards.co.uk and if you would like to learn more about the sponsors, you can go to that same site and that will include the Perks campaign. You can also email hello at hospitalityrewards.co.uk right now and we'll see you for another episode of the show.